This is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jan Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. And uh, our next guest, our last guest for our last couple for uh, our theater, uh, Love in the Theater edition, we have Gene Mochi and um, Christine Oren. How are you folks doing? You know, <laughs> we're okay today. As good as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's been tough for everybody, but I'm glad that I'm so glad that you guys could come on. And as I mentioned, Central Works, you've done a lot of work with Central Works. Oh, really? Well, well, uh, I mean, not a lot. We rented their space for a show, and Gene actually knew Gary Graves in at UC Berkeley, in the theater department there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I specifically remember Lady Lady Susan. I don't think that was yeah. in the Central yeah. Works area, but that was that was still in the Berkeley that that building. It was, yeah, it was in. We rented it from them actually, and they were super nice. They were great landlords. Yeah, yeah, they, they were wonderful. So I'm, I'm so glad to have you guys on. And uh, we had you on for, I believe it was episode 14. So you guys sort of helped the yay grow to where it is right now because you were one of our first interviewers. So I want to say thank you so much. Of course. Any case, uh, Norman, as I begin every podcast, how's your week? How's your week? Ah, a little show and tell here. <laughs> you got vaccinated. Yeah. Oh, the shot? Yeah. The, is is that shot one, shot? number one. Yeah, just got it yesterday, and I'm getting mine tomorrow, so that's good. (laughs) And how long did it take you all to get that appointment? Oh, Lordy, you could show up half an hour early, and you would still not be early. Um, Mine was at the Coliseum, and I used Waze, forgetting that Waze doesn't deal with traffic jams at all. So Waze will tell you you're going to get someplace, and then suddenly you roll into a traffic jam, and Waze says, oh, it'll be another minute. Two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. And you're sitting there three minutes and you're like, what the, you couldn't have figured this out before I got here. But they're, everybody's gracious. FEMA is wonderful. Um, the National Guard guys are so, they're so cute and young. I mean, they're men and women. They are, just, they are so young. They're standing out there in their little mask and they've got all this special gear. It's all cute. And then the people, the volunteers who actually give you the shot are friendly they know to be relaxed and conversational and while one person is checking your information another one is coming up and going Bap. did you answer all the questions yes i did Bap. now here's a question for you because i need to know this norma but do you have any are you having any side effects it doesn't seem like it yeah you don't have i any. was t- well okay so i finished yesterday and maybe it was just the anticipation and then sitting and waiting but i got home and i immediately crashed i was out for about two hours or more and uh, and then I woke up and I felt fine. And then I went to bed and even the shoulder, like I actually touched it. And I was like, oh, no big deal. I went to bed and I rolled over. I was like, oh, OK. Mm. <laughs> but no more than, you know, you would normally feel from any shot. It's no big deal so far. Knock wood. And, you know, we'll Why see what happens. the National Guard there? I didn't so National Guard was asked to come out to help facilitate. Because it's huge, not, like not the Coliseum. Of the, the protesters that stopped. There were there were no protesters, but there were two. And stopped it. There were two lines of cars coming off of the freeway. I came from the street side, and you know it was just the intersection was backed up. You get in, and you're literally in hundreds of cars. They stop you at a certain point, and they check to make sure that you've got your little appointment. And then you go through. You wiggle and wiggle and wiggle, and then you sit and you wait until they've got another station open. 
they roll you in in lines of cars, sort of like if you've ever gotten gas at, gas at Costco. <laughs> you know, just big lines, then it turns into a few lines, and then you actually get up to the pump, then they fill you up, and then they put a sticker, and they give you a um, uh, post-it with what time you checked in, and it says 15 minutes. Some people, I guess, if you've got other conditions, it says 30 minutes. They want to make sure you have no effects, right? So then you pull into another line, and you sit there. So I turn my car off. Not five minutes later, suddenly the line is moving. And I'm like, wait a minute, I thought we were sitting here. It was just to let the first few people go. And then I watch the guy in front of me. He won't put his sticker in his window. Hmm. So every time they come up, they're just walking by, right? They're not trying to engage. But hmm. they're walking by, and they have to stop. He has to roll down his window. Where's your sticker? He says he pulls it up. They look at it. Oh, okay, just sit there. My sticker's in the window. I'm waiting. No hmm. problem. After a couple of little rounds of that, then finally, like the last lady was like, I'm sorry it's taking so long. I'm like, I, I'm here and I'm done. I'm whenever y'all get me out of here, I'm all good. But no, everybody was very friendly and easy and it's all set up well. And there were way too many people there to accommodate. So if there were any problems, you'd have all these young soldiers heading at you. <laughs> but what's the 15 minutes for just to make sure that you to don't make sure you have no side effects? Okay. My mother in law. Um, didn't, you know, she's older. She did not, it, she was offered the shot and she didn't do it at first because she has allergies mm -hmm. and the first people who had reactions had her allergies. So they actually tested her for it. Mm -hmm. And then she was going to wait until something else was available, but they finally decided it was okay. And she finally got it. But yeah, some people are having a, just a, mostly a mild reaction, but better safe than sorry. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I did my move. Um, is my audio okay? I don't yeah. know. I felt a bit no, drop. Any, great now. Okay, great. In any case, um, I'm glad that I did. So I recently moved. So uh, the place may look similar, but there are some differences. Like you notice the kitchen here and all that stuff. Yeah. Foolishly, I moved it all by myself because it's not in the same building. It's just a different unit. But right. if I had done that after taking the shot, I don't know if I would have been in the same condition <laughs> to do it. Mm -hmm. So now I know, you know, what is. But but it's good. I'm glad that you got the shot. And uh, Christine, uh, Jean, are you? Uh, are you in line to get the shot soon? Hopefully. No, we're just trying to like help Jean's mom get it. And my parents on the East coast are having trouble getting it. And oh, really? Yeah. We're just dealing with that. So, but your mom has an appointment now, right? Yeah. She made herself an appointment in the middle of March. I, I felt like she could have gotten it earlier, but she had stayed on the phone for two hours and she'd gotten this appointment and she was going to do it herself. So I'm like, great. As long as it gets done. <laughs> it takes days. I mean, it took days for me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, well, hopefully everyone will uh, get the shot. I'm, I'm just glad that it's happening because I, I envision early in the year that the delays and, you know, everything that's been going on in the Trump administration and, you know, which withheld, you know, a lot of the vaccine, this rollout right. could have happened much sooner. So I really thought, well, maybe it'll be April or May. But Biden, he's really I'm, I've been impressed so far. You know, everyone has well, been it's over 60, over 60 million people so far. So, yeah, you know, we're going to hit that hundred mark. No problem. Uh, the other thing this week is I'm getting ready to do a uh, workshop, theater workshop at the end of March. And that's why when we first clicked in, that's why I had this thing up. Jim <laughs> of the ocean. Yeah. 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 Because um, uh, because how else do you do a theater workshop in the time of COVID? But to talk about what it is to do it remotely. Oh, I thought I turned that off. Sorry. It's OK. Come Come on. On. Turn Describe on. to Come the viewers. Yeah. The, so, yeah, it's been, um, you know, it's been. The typical crazy COVID week. Where yeah. are my choices? What is your workshop about? Ah! 
I can't okay. get this off. Uh, workshop is um, I Eugene O'Neill National Foundation. Hmm. I'm trying to get out of here now, and it won't let me. Well, why you um, the Eugene O'Neill National Foundation has um, they do a workshop for high school students. Oh, that's the that's the barn, right? Isn't that the barn? I call it yep. the barn. Yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah, um, and so we can't be there, obviously. And initially, I was like, I don't think it's a good idea. We're already spending way too much time on Zoom. But before I could have the conversation, I was already answering my own questions. I'd say, well, I can't really do. Oh, no, wait, I could do that. Well, what are you going to tell them? Oh, I can tell them that when you're in a play, don't put your script here because then we never see anything but you reading your script. <laughs> you know, or, you know, this one. So I made a one, two minute video talking about what we're going to talk about and how it's going to work. And it's free. Um, and I'll make sure that I send you, Reg, a, a link for that because any high school students technically any high school students in the bay area could go we're really looking for folks on that 680 corridor you know concord danville that area Cool. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that Kim Donovan, she had a post on Facebook and I want to, as people post things on Facebook, sometimes they post it on the yay, the yay little Facebook thing right. that we have. She talked about how actors, we actors should post or we should list our Zoom um, acting credentials, you know, what we've done on, on Zoom on our, um, our resume, because it is a performance, especially if we're being paid. Time for a Zoom resume. Wow. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> put, I'll put an asterisk. I mean, it is work. I mean, and um, I know that what we did for the Breck Project, Christine and Jean, yeah, you know, some of us had to go off book. I mean, well, some of the actors had to go off book. So, you know, that's it's a legitimate gig, although you're not on stage. It's acting. It yeah. is serious acting. Yeah. And some people, there may be some pushback. It's like, well, I don't know. It's not real theater or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's what Kim Donovan is suggesting. There are some uh, current events. So I'll just list some. And none of them are really, really that political. Um, three boys were expelled from a Catholic school because mom is on OnlyFans. Oh, have you heard about OnlyFans? No. Well, no. Well, it's uh -huh. a. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, right. Good... Yes, yes, yes. Every, everybody's got a side gig and, you know, some. <laughs> in the dark. What's OnlyFans? <laughs> well, uh, hopefully, you know, none of you have ever visited it because you, you guys are married. Well, they didn't get married couples, whatever, but it's a. No, it's... there are married people on it. I get. That's why I know about it is I've gotten solicitations and I'm like, what is this? And I click and I'm like, oh, no. No, no, well, no. hey, you, you know, you you are nude for, you know, you're the new drawing. Um, uh, not on, you know, when I'm doing <laughs> Zoom, I'm wearing shorts. I'm no. I hear you. But in any case, so this woman and, you know, it's you know, she's a an adult and she can do whatever she wants to do. And so she is soliciting money by being on OnlyFans. And I think her husband supports her. In any case, uh, her kids go to a Catholic school. Some Catholic mothers found out about it, didn't like it, right. and said, oh, the kids need to be expelled, which I think is horrible. And so that was on the news, and I think that's just crazy. Folk, uh, speaking about vaccinations, folks are using fake documents to jump the line for a vaccine. That should not surprise anyone. Right. So when you mentioned the National Guard, I was thinking, well, maybe they're making sure that people are legitimately getting in instead of jumping the line. I think or, they are there in case somebody wants to have an attitude. Yeah. And I'll bet that they have protocols for it. 
or stealing vaccines. I mean, you know, that can be a thing too. Yeah. It, it's, it's, there were the, you probably have talked about it already, but there were a couple of girls who dressed up as old ladies to try to jump. Oh my life. God. That's I just, think it was in Florida as you would expect. May not Florida. Happen, yeah. But. Crazy. <laughs> and uh, the last thing that I have, Jeremy Lin, uh, who is a basketball player. Uh, he was once known as Lin Sanity because he was an Asian American basketball player that just blew up for the New York Knicks and was just scoring mad, uh, you know, um, in 2014. Now he is in the G League for the uh, Golden State Warriors. And he uh, basically stated that he was called coronavirus on the on the thing. I mean, there is a, a great widespread racism going on among the Asian American community or against Asian Americans. Yeah. And uh, I think of... Yeah. Every time I think of racism, I would usually think it's a black on white thing. You know, we have Black right. Lives Matter, but no, it's expansive. You know, uh, the Latino community is feeling it now because of COVID nineteen. The Asian community is feeling it, and it's horrible. Yeah, we we actually witnessed an incident at the. It was at the very beginning of the pandemic before there were the mask mandates and all that stuff. This woman started screaming at some poor kids that were walking down the street just right in our neighborhood in Berkeley. So it was horrible. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, sorry. It's, if anyone says it's exaggerated, I mean, I saw it firsthand. That was a long, I mean, not that I'm the fount of all truth, you know, but you can't discount any of those stories. It's, yeah, it's really sad. And, you know, the, um, I thought that, you know, Trump being out of office, that we would be done with all of that and we can have an age of normalcy. But of course, there was the CPAC that happened, I think, this weekend. Yes. And, you know, it's still, it's, it's like a flame that won't die. Um, Christine and Jean, I mean, how do you, I mean, you know, we survived the age of Trump, but uh, do you think it'll all be over? Do you think we'll reach an age of normalcy where we can sort of treat each other with respect? Or do you think we'll have more of nonsense? That's all no, I can call it. The age of Trump is not over because they, I mean, he hasn't even officially conceded the election, right? He still says it's stolen and so do all of his supporters. So they haven't right. really reckoned with the january 6th insurrection and it's and now they're they're um threatening one for his his it's not a state of the union it's just a yeah and the inaugural talk with uh, congress they're threatening yeah i'll I'll just ask christine if you can come a little closer to the mic so the the video camera can pick you up That's oh, okay. it's funny because I can see myself in the thing, but I don't know what you see. So right, exactly. That's Next, I had that issue with. Um, I've been working a little bit with Theater Rhino, and John Fisher's doing like a a new monologue every week, and I've done some tech stuff, and I I played a voiceover in a recent one. And during all the rehearsals, apparently my voice kept being too quiet, and so then in the final. I don't know, we changed some setting. And when I heard it back later, it was so hideously loud. I was like, why didn't anyone tell Oh, they didn't balance you it. Can't, well, you can't, the thing, well, I mean, and maybe it just sounded that way to me, but it's like, you don't know what the other person's getting. So that's, I, I don't, it's not just a, I feel like that's a t- typical for Zoom. Yeah, I think, um, well, I, I don't you know. you can't judge everyone else's, you know, if you're in a theater, you can really test the levels and all that. But if everyone's on their own monitor, you don't know what their setups are. And it's right. it's really hard to, I've had things like for the Brecht Project, <clears throat> I had some things my father was complaining about some of the sound issues, but I don't know if that was really a sound issue with the production or if it was just his computer, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the tricky things about uh, zoom. And um, you know, it's one of the reasons why we, you know, I thought about streaming the yay, but it's very hard to 
control all of the technical stuff. So I figured, you know, just do everything on post and, you know, you can make sure the levels are all set up and all that sort of stuff. Well, but again, it, it's, it's one of those things where there is a whole industry that knows how to do this and yes. we're trying to recreate it. And it's like, mm, there are people who can do this. We aren't those people. Do you exactly. want to be one of those people? Yeah. Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, uh, you know, once the pandemic, I'm hoping that by June, because they're already theater companies that are opening up, you know, uh, across the nation, I've heard of at least two theater companies, I think one in Chicago right. that are opening up to the public. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that the fall will die out and we can get back to at least getting back on stage. And that'll be a wonderful thing. Then we don't want to deal with Zoom anymore. Any case. Well, we, we just saw a thing last night where um, Gene's sister is working with a theater in Portland and a small company rented it and they were doing a streaming thing, but they were actually on stage together. Like, I guess they, I don't know how they worked it out. They potted together or something. So we were all watching it from, you know, and, and you can still see it. It's still going. It's called the Abbey, the, the uh, Alberta Abbey in Portland. Um, there's a group that's doing this and it was, it was such a surprise <laughs> to see two people next to each other on stage, you know, not, not just, each a talking head screen. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's that's fantastic, and uh, hopefully we'll have more of that. Um, we so let's let's get into. I don't. I will. I guess we'll get to a recap origin story because we know your story already. Uh, Norman, do you know Christine and Jean? Have you worked with them before? No. And when you mentioned the um, the Breck project, I went, "Oh wait, I saw you! I saw." You. <laughs> yeah, Christine. Well, we, she... I, I do know we were we're all at um, the reading reg early reading of Four Men in Paris. In oh, nice. That's yeah, so, right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. Were, you... There were two French women in the room, and I was forced to do a fake French <laughs> accent. <laughs> I remember a lot of agony about that. It went fine. It was wonderful. That's right. It was the very first reading. I mean, we've been involved in so many different things that now I've even forgotten. I I remembered earlier that, and when we did Fear and Misery in the Third Reich, I was your husband, Christine, right. and we did a yeah. um, hundred years of um, uh, sex acts. I was your love interest, or you were my love interest, Gene, Gene. and we shared a kiss. We shared <laughs> oh, a kiss yeah. on screen. <laughs> and I remember at that time I had a terrible cold sore, and Gene didn't want to catch it, so I would have to like watch you guys kiss, and I kiss <laughs> him after the show. Like that was so frustrating. Oh goodness! So a recap: I was listening to the earlier podcast. So oh. you guys have been together, I think, thirty-one years since nineteen ninety. You guys met. Oh, uh, it was. I think it was a James Bond party. Uh, well, you guys were involved in KALX, UC Berkeley. Yep. Oh, nice. Right? <laughs> but I won't. I'll let you guys KLX retell the story of how you how you uh, I'll let you guys retell the story of how you two met. Uh, well, we oh, I think the very first interaction was it was before, I can't remember if it was before or after the James <clears throat> Bond party. It was after the earthquake and you worked in the news department and at that time, it was right after the 1989 earthquake, and the main radio stations in San Francisco were down, but CalEx was still running. And so all the big national news organizations were getting their news from the news department at the, the UC Berkeley student station, KLX. And so I was there in the office one day, and I, I worked on other things. I wasn't in the news department, but the phone rang, and I picked it up, and I said, and they asked for one of the previous correspondents and I'm like oh Gene as he walked by because I had met him I'm like it's CNN for you <laughs> I'm like oh again <laughs> was it 
CNN. That's yeah, it was CNN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did I did two live reports for them there. Uh, yeah. How cool. Describing the earthquake. Because... Yeah, my career peaked at that moment. That was it. <laughs> But those KLX, those KALX moments, I mean, you know, you guys were writing. I remember, Christine, you were talking about being on the BART, writing a script while you were doing your day job. And and uh, Gene, sometimes you had to fill in for other actors who dropped out or you had to be the moderator or whatever. Those must have been really fun times. Just it's it's like radio theater. It, it was. But I, ha I have to say, I really I really miss not having the rehearsals because we were because it was a live a live new show that went out every week and we wrote the scripts and we were all you know everyone had a day job and and it's still true right i mean i don't know that many people that work full-time in theater but um we'd be writing the script and then we'd never have time to rehearse so we just had to go on the air cold and sometimes that had an energy to it that was great and other times it was just like that would have been so much better if we could have rehearsed <laughs> i think it made us really good at cold reads though like i can still i can just you know you make your strong bold choice at the start and stick with it and so i'm, I'm really good because of that training do you guys still are in contact with uh, any of the kalx folks i mean any of the actors that you work with some of them yeah and especially on facebook like you know, one of them moved to Philadelphia and I just saw some stuff that he posted the other day. And I don't know, everybody scatters, you know, it's just modern life. But I, we do, we, we are still in touch with some of them. And one, one of them has become a lawyer defending children. And so she gets, to, she says she gets to use her phrase, I'll see you in court all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very nice. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really just impressed with just the two of you having worked with you over the years. We're both ex-EastEnders. And, uh, you know, uh, Christine, you've been a writer. You've been an actress. You've been a costume designer. You've been a – I have so many posters that really have your signature on it. I mean, they may not have your name on it, but, I, you know, you designed so many of them. I mean, yeah. so multi-talented, so multifaceted. Thanks. Well, they always have to, they're always trying to cram so much information on the poster. I don't want to add my own name as like one more element. So yeah, it's, it never and, says me on it, but yeah. And you, and you too, Gene, I mean, I, you, you, you're not only an actor, uh, but you uh, design video games. Uh, I think you're still doing that or are you still doing that or is that done? No, that's all. It's fine. In the pandemic, we were doing zoom meetings beforehand everywhere. Uh, one guy's in Hawaii, one guy's in Canada, one woman's in, two women are in Washington. So it's, it was already decentralized. So we just kept plugging away and everybody is at home playing video games anyway. So we still had a market. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So, but wait, so, and then these games are mobile. So tell what some of the stories of the games you've done are. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they're all for your phone or tablet. Um, big market there. And uh, murder mysteries, um, uh, adventure stories. Um, a lot of supernatural stuff. True, yeah. and um, But uh, c characters talking to each other in conflict and working their way with a lot of puzzles they happen to stumble onto that they have to solve. So uh, it's it's got some good drama to it. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah, no, that no, that is wonderful. What, what do you think has... I mean, when I think about marriages, I mean, I, you know, I look at my just, you know, my family, aunts and uncles or whatever. And I don't see a lot of marriages just lasting 25, 30 years. And you guys are just still going on strong and still vibrant, still, you know, very, very loving. I mean, I don't think you guys are faking it, but what, uh, <laughs> what, um, 
what do you think has brought the two of you together and, and made the relationship between the two of you so strong? Shit. <laughs> uh, really work this you out can have different him. answers. <laughs> well, I, I do. We do have a lot of shared interests, but not. I have to say, I don't. I I would never play a video game if Gene didn't work in the industry. So, not every single thing, but it does help that we have the shared interests. I mean, I I I do know some couples where they're. I just don't. I just don't know what they talk about because they're they're the things that that um, they're keen on are just so different. But um, I, and I do think that some of it is luck. <laughs> so it's like timing and things like that. But um, see, now I was just gonna say you guys don't. You guys haven't driven each other crazy or whatever, um, especially during the pandemic. Just. I'm going to give all the credit to Gene for that because I'm I'm the one who tends to get more like hyper. <laughs> we also adopted a cat this year. Oh, how nice. Oh, yes. We took in it was a stray cat and uh so now we put all our insecurities and fears onto the cat. <laughs> Gene, what do you think the miracle elixir is for keeping a relationship strong and vibrant? A cat. So. Besides a cat? <laughs> uh no, I I I agree with what my beloved wife is saying about uh, <laughs> shared interests. And I was thinking, because I think one thing we can always do is turn on Netflix, watch some drama, and criticize the acting together. <laughs> right. Yay. Oh, yeah. We've had many a ride home from some show where we've, like, done a lot of script doctoring. Yes. So, yes. Which yeah. is, you know, like, so that was obviously a problem with that script. How would you have made it better? And then we're like, oh, that would have been the perfect ending for the play. And also, when when we go on a trip, we can always see a play Oh, no yeah. matter where we are and you know especially in like a theater rich city then we're just like going to plays all the time we you know and seeing the top of the stuff and it's since they're so far away from the bay area we can like steal lots of their little acting bits and use <laughs> them at home it's funny you just mentioning that i remember going on one date and we went to a movie and i was like oh my god so this is the problem with that and this is the plot structure and this is why they have to chase scene for 15 minutes because no one could write a you know a proper <laughs> dialogue and she was like listen can't you just enjoy the movie oh, yes, <laughs> I, yeah. so it's nice when someone can appreciate you know the the, uh, the learning and all that sort of stuff i mean uh, do you think that that's a that's something with people in theater that they just tend to step back and artistically assess any of those things. I mean, don't I you don't... do that. Don't you do that, Norman? I... Oh, oh, I, I try to refrain from it because, <laughs> you know, my wife is not in theater. And so I'm like, you know, I'm loving the directing on this. And she's like, what? Just, just enjoy the movie. Right. Well, the thing I can, I'm having a really hard time judging lighting because I don't know anything about lighting. So it, unless it's, particularly bad i usually don't don't even notice it so i always have to ask like what did you think of the lighting i didn't how did they do that i don't get it mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um have you guys ever acted together on stage together or just been involved in different projects i don't know if you have you guys been together on stage before well we well, we, we've been together on radio because we met doing that radio show and but... film we were in a movie as, as yeah, we wife. played the married parents yeah oh wow we was... played the parents of the protagonist but then in the final cut that way that way and amanda from eastenders was one of the directors of that and um but when we finally saw the cut it was like they had really cut out a lot of the family stuff to focus on the main characters like school friends so we didn't end up being in as much of it as we thought we might be but um i think it made it easier for the directors that we already were married and you, you know, we were so used to each other. Easy casting, yeah.
But what about on stage? I mean, have you uh, done any major things <clears throat> on stage together? Have we? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, not some yet. stage readings. I've, we've done more things where, like, he's written it and I've been in it or I've written it and he's been in it. So, But I don't do as much acting, just a little bit. Oh, but we did do a radio thing recently with um, Theater Rhinoceros that was on KELW, and you can still hear it on their you can get it on their website, and um, and John Fisher wrote that, and we played a married couple in that. Oh, nice! Very, very cool. Especially, especially because we're already potted, and we have we can just sit around one mic like we are right now. So it was super easy. Just get us as a package deal. Right. No, uh, I think that's I think a, that's a that big, bonus, too, a like big a benefit deal. right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. Now I'm glad to see John Fisher still working. I see he he's doing all sorts of stuff. I see so him busy. online, just boom, boom, boom. Um, <clears throat> have you ever had uh, like, you know, we've had other couples on and they've talked about, let's say, where one let's you accept a role in there. Well, here's a question. Do you do you sometimes I guess, Gene, you do more acting uh, these days. Do you ever go by go, before you accept a script? Do you say, well, man, let me talk to Christine first to see if, you know, if, if this is OK or is there some collaboration before you get involved in a project or do you just like, hey, listen, I'm doing this thing and whatever. Is there a conference before you get involved in a project? Only to the quality of the script. Like, do you think this is any good? Is this is this is this bad? But not like, oh, I'm gonna have to pretend to be married to somebody. Is this a problem? Not like that. No. No. Okay. So there's no. I mean, there's there's usually a little bit of a discussion of like the schedule. You know, it's like, well, are we gonna go on that? Well, now it's not an issue, but like, are we gonna go on that trip or? Um, Gene's been doing a lot of uh, online improv classes lately, so there's yeah, yeah and and actually online you do often improv. say like, what do you think if I do, do this? Do I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> Sorry, say again. How do you do online improv? How how do you do that? <laughs> it, it 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 works, and uh, a bunch of theaters that I never thought I would get around to, like uh, Upright Citizens Brigade in L.A. Oh wow. Uh, are doing online classes, yeah, uh, because I think all their theaters are shutting down for good. They've only got one left now in L.A., so they're trying to find ways to make money, and it totally works for me because I never would have had time or money to get down there. Right. Um, you just are all in your squares, and you have little two-person scenes, and uh, it turns out you don't actually need to be in person. You just need to pay attention. <laughs> but how do you do the, can I have a place where two people might meet? Right. Yeah. Um, if you're in a live show, you'll have a chat on the side. It's like a yeah. live chat where people can enter in or just will, you know, solicit an idea from somebody else in the class or the teacher will throw out an, you know, a phrase or a word or something. The chat thing sounds fun. As soon as I said it, I thought, oh, chat, that would be, especially yeah. if it's live, that's really got you on your feet. Right. And they've had like one of those classes. Didn't, didn't you have people from all different countries? Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, we, there, there was a guy from Scotland, a guy from Great Britain, there, there, from England. There was a woman from France. There was a guy from Ukraine. Uh, and like in no situation would we ever have been in the same room. It was like an impossible improv team. And, uh, and, and we'll never see each other again either after this. It's, it, oh, was yeah, just, it was amazing. <laughs> I would think the creme de la creme of um, the production that you you I think the both of you did Bella Union Productions. That was a production company that the both yeah. of you had. Is that right? 
Yeah, and we're 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 talking about we're kind of trying to resurrect that. I think we I've, it's been called the Brigadoon of Bay Area theater companies because <laughs> we disappear and then we come back. Then come up. back back. Um, yeah, so I had a meeting with uh, Intersection, and that was nice because there were other people. Intersection for the Arts um, is the fiscal sponsor of Bella Union, and so we were kind of talking with them about the revival. And I went to an orientation meeting with some other groups that they're sponsoring, and. It was nice to find out about some of these other things. There's a new space opening. I think it's pretty new called Gallery. <laughs> it's like a play on gallery. And um, and they're going to, in the mission in San Francisco, and they're going to be making that space maybe available for rental, like I guess later when things open up a bit more. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was nice to kind of get a little bit of a toe in the local water again and figure out here what was going on because there's a lot of stuff happening that i don't know about yeah no because bella union because you guys focus i mean i'm so impressed with your ability to take victor uh you know uh to focus your writing your on victorian dramas like i know you did lady susan i still remember lady susan and yeah, but I th- well I don't, I don't know if the group focuses on that because the thing gene wrote with, with them which i think was it was before we met was actually about video games and it was a modern piece so it just kind of depends. Oh, but, so it's not strictly Victorian. No, uh, yeah, it's not. We we don't have it. Well, yeah, I have to say, I think it's pretty smart of the theater companies that have, like Central Works, it's just, you know, it's all new plays. They they always, that they have a mission like that that's very clear, and our mission is not quite that <laughs> <laughs> clear cut, um, which is good to provide flexibility, but it, you know, makes it a little harder to sell the group as a as what you're doing. But um Anyway, well, no, I because my you know when I think of just the production, not only because I worked on it, but just you know even as a um, as an audience member, when I think of Bella Union, I think of Lady Susan, I think of just taking a piece because I think you took was it Jane Austen? Uh, I forget what because um, yeah, you that, you wrote that, a play that, which was an adaptation of something, right? Yeah, that was an adaptation of uh, Jane Austen. It's it's like the bridge between her juvenilia and her fuller not you know her more complete novels it was an early novel that she wrote um right before sense and sensibility and then but previous to that we did we did a shakespeare thing that was conceived by candace mylon and then and so that was also an adaptation but we did an original one that i wrote that was a but it was again set in the past um that was about two french painters and they're based on real life people and then but then gene did an original piece that was about a modern video game company at the time well, and, it was an adaptation in a way of uh, oh that's Henry right James. the turn of the screw yeah <laughs> <That's right>. mm. <laughs> i forgot <laughs> and then when actually the so the only one we've done that was just a regular script was la ronde which was the first one it was a translation modern but it, new it translation. was a modern translation yeah and i remember i feel like we talked about this already we got a letter from Samuel French complaining, but we weren't using the Samuel French production. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because <laughs> it was supposed to be an adaptation or you you were, um, I guess you can only get in trouble if you steal an adaptation. It has to be something written, either the text or I guess the interpretation or whatever. But you guys were, it sounds like you guys were. Yeah, no, we, we, had, we had worked it out with the author of the new translation. We had a royalty agreement with him. So we, we weren't doing anything oh. outside uh-huh. of, you know, the copyright laws Acceptable, it's just that yeah. sam and the french assumed that we were using their script and we weren't <laughs> so yeah <laughs> they always think it's about them but <laughs> anyway 
question, the question I had is, uh, are there any times where, let's say, the two of you are working on a production and it becomes stressful? I, I know that when I've worked with, let's say, my dad, you know, back in the 90s, uh, I wrote songs and I was part of my dad's group. And although he and I are very close as father and son, sometimes we bumped heads creatively. I was like, well, I think we should go this way or disrupt me the wrong way. Do the two of you ever go through that where it's tough to balance the relationship between a couple and partners working on a project together? Never. Oh, hell no. Never. <laughs> I'm sure we have that. The times I remember the most, it's more us struggling with someone else. Right? <laughs> but never never with each other, yeah. Or with, or, you know, with uh, some third party, like this rental agreement fell through or whatever. I don't like it. You know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's more just the struggles of doing a production and and I guess we haven't had too much where it's just us at each other. No, I think that's important. Don't don't turn on each other. That's a good lesson to learn because most of the time it it usually works out in the end and then you're like, "Oh, why did I waste time accusing somebody else of something?" We just don't turn on each other. And and yeah, find a common enemy. That's always useful. <laughs> right. <That's laughs> I think that might be we just there's always some, you know. Yeah. And it, so Lady Susan, but there was another play that you I think you did an adaptation of The Elephant Man. That was another passion that you had. Oh, that that was with um that was with Alterina and um Maskers. So it was right before Maskers had to shut down their theater because they had that structural issue. Right. Which they're they're now they were just about to reopen when the pandemic hit. Right? They are they are so. in the process, yes. Yeah, so um, so they had planned a production. So the, the Elephant Man was apparently just about, it was like, I think they had done, maybe even, it was like they had done a dress rehearsal or something. They were really close to opening. And um, then the, there was like a crack in the beam of the theater or something, and they had Ooh. to evacuate for safety Ooh. reasons. So they had hmm. to shut the production down. So they revived it like the following year. But because, it, or I'm not sure exactly the timeline, but because of that shift, not all the same people could work on it anymore so they needed uh -huh. a new costume person and they had to replace some of the actors so i came in and and did that and well that's the thing is like i, I mean if when you work on these projects and especially it's not your main job you you don't get paid enough to make it your main job but i've sort of found through experience that i, I have to really love the script to work on it because otherwise you're spending so much time and emotion on something and if it's not something that you really care about it's just it makes it so much harder and more unpleasant i mean because especially as a as a someone who's not acting in the show if you're backstage if you're a designer the lighting person something you're going to hear that script so many times <laughs> right and i've worked on shows where i didn't like the script and i was just like i and then you then you start like dragging your feet and you're like oh i have to go to dress rehearsal I'm like i cannot hear that script one more time yeah when theater becomes a drag that it, it's <laughs> yeah. a real serious issue i'm sure but you have I, to go. but the elephant man is a really compelling story and so that i didn't have any problem seeing that show a bunch of times i wouldn't have minded seeing it more more times than I did. Hmm. Yeah, it's a heartwarming story, and it's a, a tragic story. I'm sure every, everyone knows. Gene, have you had to do, work on a project and it's like, oh my God, when will the thing be over? <laughs> I'm sure you have. <laughs> I'm sure, no doubt, everybody has. We all have. Um, but I know uh, the ones that never make it on your resume. Like, <laughs> 
I mean, but you always can find some small thing to be fun. Like you really like the people, and so you're joking backstage, and that's the total fun of it. And then or, you're all united against the con- common enemy of that's like, right. the director or somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the director. Directors are all great. <laughs> here's, a, here's a self, I mean, here's just a, a selfish question, but was it love at first sight? I mean, did you have to work really hard to get to, you know, Christine Jean? Yeah, you know. Who went after first? <laughs> Um, well, well, we were friends when we first met for, I mean, I I guess we, we met just sort of around the KLX office and, um, so it was a year or two, but I was the one that made the first move because I knew if I didn't strike, then somebody else would get in there and I would miss my chance. You were that, you were that hot then, Gene. Ridiculous. You're still hot. You're still hot now. He was way out of my league. That was the thing. Is that it is no. impossible. <laughs> There's no no possible way that I could ever be with her. This is my advice to girls. Always at, at the eighth grade dance, it's like you just have to ask the boys to dance or else you're never going to dance. Right. Especially <laughs> at the eighth grade dance. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Gene, right? Gene, yeah. did, did, did you have your eyes on Christine then? Absolutely. Of course. But yeah, it seemed impossible. She was <laughs> all, so successful. No she was talented. <laughs> accomplished writer and actor and uh um she was had you know also many people were after her and uh she was very successful (laughs) so yeah yeah, well um, that's nice i didn't see it that way but that's nice (laughs) well that's i would love no that's uh, this is i would love to see this romantic story because you usually get the oh they hated each other (laughs) one person is desperately wanting but the other person isn't available to have two people kind of going wow i wish oh well (laughs) Yeah, or you know, have to break off from one relationship to you know cook up with you know that relationship, and you know it gets really really messy. But it sounds well, there like was a li- there was a little of that, but oh, you don't you don't have to get into that at all. Um, I have written down here Munson's Goebbels piece. That was a fun piece that you guys did. Mm. It was an epic. That uh... <laughs> oh my god. So Gene thinks that piece is cursed. That role, the role of Goebbels is cursed. Yeah, because there was be. there were several individuals who played, I guess, either Goebbels or someone else, and they it all. Was, got... It was that, yeah. Because first it was going to be Craig Dickerson, who you know, and oh, right. I I can't remember the reason he had to drop out for some reason. So then they cast someone else, and then he actually ended up in the hospital, right? Hmm. Damn. And so so. Gene and I, so I was doing the costume design, but we were also helping produce it. It was for um, Boa, Boa um, Bay Area One Axe. Is that what it's Yep. And um, so we were helping produce it, and Jennifer Daly was directing. And so after the second Goebbels, you know, ended up in the hospital, Gene ended up having to take over the role. Meanwhile, I had gotten hideously ill with some terrible flu kind of thing that was accompanied by a fever. And it was so bad. I remember I was laying in bed and I, I couldn't even read. Like, that's how sick I was. I just had to lay there and feel bad. And so I was trying to finish the costumes at the same time. And and actually, in, in hindsight, it's it's one of the costume things that I'm proudest of because, I you know, everybody contributed. Like, some people, two of the actors wore their own suits and things like that. So it wasn't all just me. But I felt like I kind of created more original looks for that and it was a little bit less just trying to recreate some time period it was that took a little more creativity um not that those um you know anyway uh so gene ended up catching my terrible illness and then he had to perform 
this was like a 20 minute monologue or something with like a 102 degree fever. And that was after sitting and there were so many one acts on the bill and they were last or right toward the end. So you were like sitting backstage in the dressing room at the then Eureka, now the Gateway Theater, like just trying to deal with this fever. And then you had to go on stage and do this crazy monologue. I was actually hiding backstage and there was like a pile of like a flat and a chair and stuff. And I like curled back in like a little cave area in the very back where I could just like try to nap before (laughs) time. But it was, it was, it was interesting because it was, um, it was like it was, very dreamlike. Yeah, I was about to say you got a little methody. You sort of used right. it to uh, right. get into the character. <laughs> yeah, because right. yeah, he was supposed to be in hell, but he was all sweaty for real from the fever. <laughs> but, then, but then, but then, like wasn't there something about because that play has been performed in other places, and I feel like we'd heard that something stuff like that happened yeah. to the other cast as well. It's written by Scott Munson, and he said that in New York it was done, and that guy got sick too. What were you saying? What were you? I'm sorry. What were you saying, Norman? Oh, I was just asking what it was like to perform under those conditions. You, are you just holding on for dear life, trying to hope that you don't fuck anything up, or you know, yeah. or you find something in the character that you might not have found otherwise? Yeah, I think so. It was because yeah, I didn't have to fake the suffering so much in hell, and uh, um, it was it, it was sort of dreamlike, and also. Yeah, I had like no more defenses. So I was like crying and my nose was like running down my face. And I was just like a total mess on stage. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, God, then I had to hold somebody's hand. And so I'm like, I can't wipe. My, uh, and yeah, it kept my it kept my mind. I don't know. Yeah, it worked out, I think. I so, uh, I'm sure the audience was like, wow, that is an amazing performance. Did you see right. me cry and all that stuff? Just the... <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing is that, like Gene was saying, I and you're, Gene's whole family is really not superstitious and completely against any of that stuff. But he just volunteered, like, I think this role is cursed. And then I told that to Scott Munson, the author, and he was actually like charmed by this idea. <laughs> he thought I could have written a play that's cursed. I find that so interesting. <laughs> that was not the reaction I expected. Uh, that's that's so funny. Um, I don't know if I asked you this on the last podcast, but the both of you got involved with EastEnders. How did that happen? Because um, you guys were involved in EastEnders before me. Oh, really? oh it was before you. Oh, okay. That's funny because I remember seeing some of their shows at the beginning and that, and you were in some of them because there was the one. And yeah. You guys, well, that was 2003. Were... That's when I – That was uh, I think that was Sick and Wonder of the World. And that okay, was no, the you were production. you were ahead of us then because it was 2005. Oh, okay. For us, yeah. Okay, got and, it. And it was, th- it was through – Another friend, um, another, the, the Daria Hepps, who's also in, was like the co, the founder of Bella Union, basically. <clears throat> um, she knew someone who who knew Susan and had found out that they needed a graphic designer. So that person, Daria, recommended me to that person who recommended me to Susan. <laughs> so that's that's how we. We yeah, you're a jack of all trades. Yeah, no, no, no. You, I mean, you, yeah, you can it's... do pretty much everything. So, Gene, it sounds like the first time that you were on stage for EastEnders, it must have been the um, what is that street? The, the Strindberg piece. Um, yeah, I think so. Well, um, oh, and that, and, playing and with was, fire, playing with fire. And that was because the person that was in it had dropped out, I think, and they needed a new person. And it was like, oh, well, the graphic designer's husband, I heard, is an actor. <laughs> Maybe we could meet with him. So they came that's over how, to I think that's how I got that the, we're in now. Yeah, no. I think that's how I, that's how I got the part, too, because I think someone dropped out and I had to play Newt. So 
There was a lot of that going on. Wow, you know what a what a, a cool thing. Well, let me ask the both of you. I mean, how do you um, how has theater treated the both of you? Are you getting the most out of it? Uh, there are a lot of folks who are looking to leave town, um, or maybe, just leave theater. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, or leave theater. How is how is Bay Area theater treating you as a professional, both of you? Uh, well, I was sorry that some of the theater shut down. Like I was doing a lot of graphic design work for the Douglas Morrison Theater, and they had to completely go on hiatus. Whoops, hit the microphone. And um, I have a really nice poster for <laughs> that I was very proud of for a production they were going to do, and then had to go on hold. So I hope did you work on the back. Tiny Beautiful Things poster? No, I think that was a different company. Okay, okay. Because uh, we were going to yeah. do that. I was working with Plethos, who was working That's out right. of the yeah. Morrison. Th that was like a rental. So Got it. Okay. Yeah, no, they had their own designer. Yeah. Right. But go ahead. So you were working at the Douglas Morrison. And, um, oh, so. right. So then, you know, just there's been some heartbreak like that. Um, but then I'm still doing some things with Theater Rhino and the places that are still kind of hanging in there and then I, it was nice to see the bounce back when it went from nothing to people starting to do a lot of zoom things and um and it it seems like people adapted and they got used to it but it took a little while right there were a few months in there where i think well john fisher was always doing his thing i think he's done a monologue a week like during this whole event but not mm -hmm. not every it's, it took a little while for people to figure out more of the the technology and how to use it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, as far as you're concerned, I mean, are you finding, because I don't know if you're still writing, I imagine that you still have in your head tons of things that you would love to produce and, and work on. And I don't know if you're getting the respect uh, for, of theater companies or if, uh, if you're getting the most out of, out of the Bay Area theater. Well, I do, I do find that some, th there is always the struggle that if you've written a script, now, since we have our own little company, if we can get the money together, we can produce our own scripts. But a lot of theaters won't produce things that haven't been published. And and Reg, like you have something that's been published. So, you know, I don't know how you did that, but yeah. I, I tend well, to get a lot of discouragement when it's like, self, well, I should say self-published. <laughs> I oh, should say self-published. Yeah. OK, well, but, you know, you found a way to do it. And, right. And, published is published. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Very true. And, and, and actually, there's been there's always discussion about my my brother once said something about like, well, he goes, well, you're a produced playwright. And I'm like, yeah, self-produced. And then Gene says, Shakespeare self-produced, end of story. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. But it's, it, it's, there is a, I do find there's different levels in theaters. And so some of the bigger companies seem like they don't draw so much on the local talent as they're like, we have an internship program with people from Yale. You know, it's, it, it seems like there's a lot of kind of, um, yeah, th there's a lot of things that are overlooked, I think, by, yeah, and you know, it, there's like a hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. And it's and unfortunate. Even some of the, some yeah. of the smaller theaters, it's like, well, we, we can't, we have an agreement with our board that we can't produce anything unless it's been a published. And then how do you get into that? Yeah. And it's unfortunate because, uh, you, you'd want local theater companies to focus on local talent. And instead of, you know, them going elsewhere or, you know, shopping out of town for, for talent. I'm definitely going to push for this. Um, Play Cafe has asked me to, to do a workshop with playwrights. 
and what are we calling it? Um, something about I, it's how to take care of your baby or something like that. I I forget what I what I titled it. But to me, the big thing that I wanted to talk, part of it is just the nuts and bolts of how do you work. You've got it on the page. How do you start that process of working with people? But for me, my dream part of it is to say, where are the theater companies around here who are willing to have that conversation or who are worth approaching about that conversation? Because you're right, someplace like Berkeley Rep or ACT, if your agent isn't talking to them, they don't want to see your script. And I've talked to local playwrights who have agents and they're like, oh, so-and-so said, yeah, let, let me see your script. And they drop it off, like physically drop it off. And the next time they come, they see it sitting in the same spot. It hasn't moved. It hasn't been touched. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's frustrating. But I want to point to the positive side of it. Where are the places that you can go to and say, hey, this is a local playwright and it's a good play. You should consider it. And Maskers, you mentioned, is one. I'm, going to, I'm slated to direct a show there this fall of a local playwright. And that was part of my pitch was to say, this is a local writer. This is a piece that talks about the Bay Area story. I think that'll really fit in your theater. And they went, oh, wow, yes, we're really excited. There you go. And I would say, That's Christine, great. you can do the exact same thing that I did and other, I mean, you should have your stuff published. You can have like, I don't know, the complete works of Christine Uren. And uh, <laughs> even, even if it goes nowhere, you'll at least have something physical um, I don't know. I, th I still think it was something that I debated with um, Richard. We had Richard Talavera on, and I think we talked about whether, uh, you know, something should be published or not. I think even talked about it with uh, Conrad Panganaban. And there are a lot of writers who are like, well, I don't know. I mean, there's just, but there's something about, and especially when you talk about copyright or someone stealing your ideas. If you have something that's, you know, that's a book, that's something you can hold on to, then you know, you, there's no debate as to whether someone's stolen your stuff or not, or, you know, whether this stuff is yours. So yeah. well, I think this is a coincidence, but the movie of Lady Susan came out like a two years or a year after oh, we my did goodness. our production. Yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I was, was like, oh, too bad. So I guess like my little script of it is never good. But, you know, I mean, I liked the movie overall. There were some things that were, uh, there were some parts of it that like I did differently, mm -hmm. but, um, what, was I mean, it really? Luckily, I'm really lucky that. Well, sorry. Now I was going to ask: Was it similar? I mean, was it your idea? Oh well, I mean, Jane Austen wrote the story, so you know it was going to be produced at some point. Um, what I think is very odd is that they took the title of a different piece of hers and gave it to this one, and I don't know why they did that, but um, but it was they they approached it differently. But interestingly, there's one really compelling character in the story and he was everyone's favorite in my production and he was everyone's favorite in the movie production too i saw so many things about like you know sir james martin and it was played by matt weimer and ours and everybody loved that role and they loved it in the film too so she just created jane austen just created like a really great character with that but um i, I mean but you know we're gene and i are really lucky that we have this company that Daria started that gives us like the forum where we can produce our own things. And that's nice because then you have, a, I mean, and you don't have total control because it's a collaborative medium. You can't like order everyone around all the time, but right. you know, I would rather produce it small and have it be more like what I want. than I read these horror stories about scripts that get picked up and then some production company completely changes it. And I, you know, it's, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like a good experience. 
Oh, yeah. Right. We had uh, Jean Baroga on and she talked about that where, you know, she, there was one piece and I guess Maine had did it and did it such a horrible way. And it was like because it's, it's kind of like your baby. It's like you you know that you've written it and it's set in stone and you just want someone to respect, you know, your words to not manipulate and all that sort of stuff. So or to, uh, find, right, or to find a collaborative way to discuss with you what the mechanics are of your play. That's, I mean, that is the thing that I always focus on. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't tell you how to write your play, but I can point out, I feel like you miss an off ramp here and you yeah, drag yeah, us through another 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do find like, and I've always been willing to, and part of it is always like a time thing because since there isn't, you know, I, I hear about some of the, like we've been to some talk back things at Berkeley Rep where they talk about the process of workshopping a script and we never seem to really have the time to delve into that as much as you want to. But I've been in things where I'm thinking, I'm not sure that this thing I wrote really works. Like what do people think? And they don't always want to, go there because like they I don't know they don't want to be impolite or they don't want to like have to go through the struggle of trying to redo something it's like it's fine we'll just make it work <laughs> you know? but mm -hmm. but I mean I like the idea of the playwright being able to kind of adapt to fit what the you know what some other people say I mean that's I, I mean especially for production something going to really deviate away from what you've written on paper. I mean, if I'm a producer, I'm going to at least say, hey, listen, let me call Christine and say, listen, we're going to do Lady Susan, but we're going to take, you know, we're going to go this route. We're going to set it in 1980s. I don't know. Or at at least, least let you know. <laughs> at least like let the first production be the way that she intended it. And then right. after you see that, the way that she wanted it, then maybe let's do a second production where they're all on the moon. <laughs> right. That makes total sense. And Gene, I'll ask you the same question. I mean, uh, how is the Bay Area treating you as a uh, as an artist? I mean, do you feel respected? Do you are you getting the most out of it? Are you frustrated? Or, you know, how, how do you feel? I, I, I'm not depending on respect from them. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's perfect, actually, for me right now, because it's like I, I was before pandemic, I was like, eh, maybe I do like one. I'm in a play once a year and uh, a lot of stuff at, at Douglas Morrison and other things. And that's just enough to like keep my hand in it, keep familiar with it, not get too rusty, meet some interesting people. It's not my career. It's not a big deal. I'm not going for awards or anything. Or <laughs> It's just that was just enough for me. And, and, and we can see interesting things all around and, and we can find interesting locations that are doing stuff. I always like specific stuff. So there's always interesting things going on there. So uh, it's, it's all fine for me. It's fine. <laughs> well, Dean didn't, have, Dean didn't have as great of an experience producing his own work, right? Because when we did your, his play Demon Industry about the video games industry, um, that was, you did so much stuff all yourself, including like building the set and, you know, and it was, oh, wow. it was too much. Like it was str really stressful. Yeah. And, and doing the publicity is just, uh, I, I can't, I don't have my head around that. I can do all the practical stuff. Um, but, uh, getting people in the seats is the hard, I don't know how to do it. And so that's what I was even talking to Christine about this. Like maybe we should just try to get into a fringe festival where they already have the venue and somebody will come along if it just looks interesting in the program and you'll have a little bit of audience no matter what, you know, uh, maybe that's the way to go. Yeah, well, we did do a fringe piece, but I mean, but that's kind of a nice 
a long time ago, but that's kind of a nice thing about um, some of the Zoom stuff, actually. But even so, even though it's so low commitment, nobody has to go anywhere. It's often free. You just have to turn on your computer. It still can be hard to get people to to go. And, and it's hard to find out about everything, too. Like, there's not... I feel like there isn't a central place where you can get the information about everything that's playing. So, and there was even a thing with, um, I won't say the name because I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but there was a company that part of their agreement with the copyright, with the script, is that they were only allowed to publicize it in a really small way. So I didn't even see that show because I didn't, I wasn't on the right mailing list and I didn't hear about it. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't know about that. I would figure you'd want to, you know, have it produced yeah, or it was, I think it's just the thing where it's like they don't want it to be that the script is no longer um, popular when it's on stage because people feel like, oh, I already saw like a move, you know, a quote movie of it, which was like a, the Zoom production where it's not a fully staged production. And they kind of wanted to it's like, well, you can you can do this one Zoom thing under these special circumstances and the special circumstances include not publicizing it super widely so that we were purposely keeping the audience small so that the, the script still has saleability. Do you see mm, that makes yeah. sense? Like, yeah. Yeah. Still, still kind of sad. Obviously you'd want as many people to know about what you're doing as, as possible, but, but yeah, I totally, I totally get that. Um, we've hit the one hour mark. Uh, one last question, I guess, it's, so we've had other couples on, and uh, there was one couple, there was, um, oh, shucks, Julie Corbara and uh, Chuck Laxon. They talked about being in Bindlestuff together, and the two of them being attracted to one another. But, you know, uh, Chuck was like, well, gee, you know, should I really date someone who I'm working with or whatever, and, uh, you know, and navigating all of that. But I guess, what advice would you have for, let's say, a young couple who are, I mean, for two individuals who are involved in theater, but they sort of like one another. I mean, they may be, you know, what you guys were in 1990 at WKLX. Um, what advice would you have for, I guess, a young couple to have a long sustaining relationship? Uh, <laughs> you threw that W in there. I'm like, yeah, you're from the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a K instead of W. Um, uh, Sorry, I was uh, definitely uh, go for it and do <laughs> do date uh, because uh, that's the uh, the place where you're going to find people who are like you. Uh, you know, if you're just a guy working at an office all the time and you work in the Bay Area 12 hours a day, you're never going to meet anybody. So you're doing this theater thing. You've already found somebody who likes theater and somebody who's interesting and creative. So definitely go for it. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it's much easier that we're that we're both interested in theater, and I, I, and just even like I don't know, well, Norman, I guess you can talk about this. I don't know how people can do theater what takes so much extra time and and so much you know a lot of times you you're at your day job all day, and then if you have rehearsal or something, you're gone all the time. Um, if unless so unless the other half of the couple is involved with something else, that it's not going to bother them to not see you for a while when you're in rehearsal. And and I, I know someone who, it's not even just couples, like I know someone who's a father and their kids are really uninterested in theater. So the father is doing all these shows and the kids have no interest in seeing him perform, which I think is, yeah. I, find, I find that really depressing. He doesn't seem to bother him as much as it bothers me, but. I was gonna ask, does Dexter ever come to see any of your stuff, Norman? No, hell no. Every now and then he hears <laughs> about something where he's like, oh wow. That sounds like that was cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's over. It, it happened. 
glad you're interested. <laughs> no, I, it was one of the negotiations that we had when we were first getting together. Um, are we creating a family unit or are you a single mother and therefore you have those responsibilities and we're creating a relationship that includes that? And it's a very different, you know, it's a very different minefield. I mean, even to your point, my wife is not in theater, but she's a musician. So mm -hmm. I am very clear that music comes first. And sometimes we'll have a date. We're going to have a date night on Friday. And then she'll come and she'll be like, oh, I just picked up a gig. It's never a question. <laughs> There's never a discussion. I picked up a gig. Um, could we go to dinner earlier so that I can go to dinner and then run off to the gig? We had a party once. And she said, no, we can have the party. I'm just going to have to leave. And she left like an hour <laughs> into the party. It was a party at our house. It was a party partly to celebrate her and <laughs> boom and I was like okay um so that kind of thing does bug me a little and I've learned to navigate it but on the flip side I knew before I ever got in the relationship that theater is my primary focus so I'm gonna I'm gonna want to say yes to that project we are gonna have a discussion about how we navigate that but that's not a that's not up for debate I <laughs> hear you. yeah fortunately that is a part of the relationship. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Well, I think the two of you are very, very lucky. I mean, you know, and, and also both of you are very, very talented writers. We didn't even get into, Gene, and your, you know, uh, writing about science fiction and all that stuff. I mean, that's stuff that's right in my wheelhouse, and I just love that stuff. I remember working. We did Discover New Works, and I think you wrote the, uh, there was like a zombie uh, apocalypse yeah. thing going on. It was called pandemic which i think <laughs> wouldn't fly now wow it's it's funny because i'm reading right now i'm on facebook because i was preparing for birthdays denmo ibrahim who uh who was part of the oh, uh, yes. breck project she wrote this three hours ago i feel so attacked and this was written by javier marias i have no idea who he is writers are for the most part strange individuals they get up in exactly the same state of mind as when they went to bed thinking about their imaginary things which despite being purely imaginary takes up most of their time you have to be slightly abnormal to sit down and work on something without being told to i don't know if you i don't know <laughs> if we agree with that <laughs> <laughs> I, ma I imagine we are strange. I mean, we do think about a character and it's like, okay, so where's this character going and how do I plot this or that or whatever. But um, no, I mean, the both of you are just extremely talented. And, uh, you know, Christine, just the taking a Victorian story that may not be a play, making it into a play, you know, creating dialogue for characters in the 19th century. That's a talent. I don't know of anyone that has other, other than you. So I just want oh, well, to take my cap off. To many people I'll do that <laughs> but, yeah well none, none that i know like, i mean none do it so well i, I was pleased that I, I did an adaptation of charles dickens and the scene i i, I struggled and this was something i i struggled to write this one he there's so much of the dialogue that he wrote that you can just kind of transfer it to the script page but there was one pivotal scene that he didn't write the dialogue for so i had to do it and then uh, that scene actually was i thought the actors who and this was a company that I wasn't involved in the rehearsals or anything I didn't see it till it was on stage and the actors that did that scene did such a nice job and I felt really proud because it was like the one bit that I felt like yes I really wrote this but it was a Christmas Carol adaptation ah there you yes. go there you go and a lot of we've talked about a few different shows 
and the subject of adaptations has come up a number of times. I'm thrilled with something like The Elephant Man, for example. It's an amazing story. The original production, an amazing performance. But it's really a concept that somebody had to take, how are you going to portray this history? I, I find the script actually not that strong. What's strong is that actor who has to create this physicality that's a concept. And so I love the idea of people adapting material. And I just wish, I wish that happened more here. Because <laughs> I, I hate the, we're going to bring this show in from New York. It's Oliver Twist. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who can't do, uh, you know, please. There's no reason we couldn't do this here. You don't need to fly people in to do this. It's not a hard concept. Exactly. I, I do think that like... I see a lot of shows where I feel like it's a really great production and I'm not saying I'm good at this because I really struggled with it, but coming up with a really good plot, I think is something that has been a little bit lost. So I see lots of new plays with new scripts that it, they've brought in something about the characters that's really interesting. They've brought in a social issue that's really interesting, but it doesn't really have much of a plot to hold yeah. it together. And I don't know why, like we've, we've kind of, just our age I think is focusing so much on people's experiences and society but not there isn't quite so much of that traditional engine that keeps the story keeps you interested in the story and i, I don't know how to make that better like because i don't think i'm great at coming up with that either well i could think of a very successful company here that that does that way too much <laughs> mm. I, I don't, and i'm like wow because after a while you're sitting there and then suddenly the actors come out and they're bowing and it's like oh <laughs> Uh, was that the end? The, the, <laughs> okay, it's. It's um, I was really excited to see where you were going to go with all this craziness that you've been running at us for ninety-five minutes. Oh well. Then you can talk about it on the way home. You're like, here's how it should have been. <laughs> yes. Well, I really hope that uh, I really hope that Bella Union comes back to life because uh, I I think people should enjoy you know the experience that that audience i'm sure experienced when they uh, saw lady susan and also uh, the elephant man i think i think you guys do well, really really great work <laughs> oh i'm sorry the 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 other <laughs> company that did that yeah alterina yeah exactly yeah, the, um just but yeah where credit is due <laughs> yeah exactly no I, I really hope the bella union does come back Thanks. Yeah, we, I remember I actually did have a really nice compliment for Gene's script about the video game company is a friend's daughter who was i think 16 at the time came to see it and she said she would you could tell she it was one of those theater experiences that she just was i loved that script and i love the play it seemed like it was something she hadn't seen in theater before so i don't i've lost touch with that family so i don't know but i i hope that she went on to be someone who likes to go to theater sometimes because a lot of kids just don't seem like they get exposed to it and you know, we don't want it to die as an art form. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you walk into a theater and get inspired. And it's like, wow, you know, my my mind has changed. You know, because I saw that thing, and uh, that's, you know, that's why we write. That's why we produce. That's why we do theater. And um, it's been a real pleasure. You know, just uh, being, spending time with uh, the two of you. And uh, the two of you are still smiling, still happy, still, you know, I don't know, just I don't know, giddy, young in love. But, you know, it's been a, a long time for the two of you, but the two of you are still together. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, let's uh, get into uh, shout outs, birthdays. Birthdays. Uh, one of my favorite directors ever is Jeffrey Beer. Um, and I'm not even sure if he's in the Bay Area anymore. I know he has a studio over in the um, 
what is that neighborhood? Rock Ridge. Um, that as far as I know, he held on to, but he went back east. Amazing director, amazing performer, brilliant, beautiful man. His birthday is today. Uh, Lewis Campbell is somebody who's been doing Bay Area theater, I think, the whole time I've been here. And his birthday is, I believe, today. Uh, Rika Anderson is somebody I met through, I believe we met through uh, Central Works. And she has gone on to do her own thing. She does a lot with uh, the Zellerbach uh, Hall. Um, but she also has a small company that does actors reading writers at the Berkeley. Oh, Center. yeah. I, yeah. I've, I've got it marked on my calendar, the one that they're doing on Monday. It's about oh, cats. I'm, I'm always begging her. <laughs> I've, I've done some as an actor and I've done some as a director and I'm always hungry to do more. I, I really enjoy them. Uh, Michael Muhammad is a black director in the Bay Area. You don't see enough of that as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he directed me in Candide. Uh -huh. and, and he was a guest. He was a guest of ours on the gay. Yes, I saw that production. Uh, Richard Squarey is somebody that I met through. He uh, teaches stage combat. Um, a very um, sort of grounded, spiritual person, and uh, we met working at the East Bay Center for the Performing Arts. So I watched him. He would bring all these weapons in and lay them all out. Get a couple of tables lay them all out up on the stage way away from everybody and then he would stand in front of them and talk the first class he would barely even pick anything up by the second class when he would pick up one thing and pass it around student by student they were so hooked i was like this man is brilliant um ed gonzalez moreno is an actor i've met through playground young tall very tall uh, Renee Walker is costumer. Uh, we first worked together with the a Word for Word Theater Company, mm. and she's also done stuff with the African American Shakes. Lex Chesler is somebody I, way back in the day, I used to do improv, and I met Lex through that. And it amazes me that there are people that I met decades ago that are still doing improv. I'm, I'm impressed. I had a great time when I did it, but at a certain point, I'm like, I got to get paid. And then I kind of missed the, that higher wire act that is improvisation. Lex is still mm -hmm. in it. Uh, Jenny Lee, probably the most beautiful stage manager. That's not like sexually inappropriate, is that for me? To <laughs> We're not working together anymore. She is. Um, she was just really smart and wonderful, and just so pretty that every time she talked, I was just like, okay, anything, you want, whatever you want. Anyway, her birthday is coming up this week. And then the last one is not a theater guy, but he is my cousin. Um, I know him as Nikki, so I will just put it out that way. And um, he is the oldest of our generation. So as we've gone into our 60s, I'm kind of a, and he's in great health. And I'm like, dude, you know, at this point, we're waiting to see who's going to die next. So <laughs> you're kind of top of the list as far as I'm concerned in our generation. But, you know, he made it to this next one, so... That's those. That's all I've got for this week. I only have, let's see, two, maybe three. Uh, no, three. Linda Hong. We talk, you talked about a stage manager. Uh, Linda Hong is a stage manager. Her birthday is Tuesday, and I um, recruited her to uh, stage manage. What did no? She actually no. She was a lightboard operator, but she has stage managed before. We worked. Uh, it was an off Broadway West production. I think it was. Uh, uh, Master Harold and the Boys. I had to think of Lamont Rogel, who who recently had a birthday. <laughs> but in any case, Linda Huang, happy birthday to you. Also, Wednesday, uh, an ex 
a bindle stiffer, Roxanne Enriquez, a very beautiful actress. I believe she's now working in LA. Happy birthday to you. And Wiley Herman, we had him on oh, as a guest yeah. on the A. Wiley, yeah, you, I think we remember Wiley. Yeah. And uh, he, as a matter of fact, he was in Sorry to Bother You uh, with the, that Boots Riley. That's right. I, oh, I really? Riley and, I, and I had gone, we were in the theater and I had gone to the, in the regular movie theater and I had gone to the bathroom and I came back and then Gene had helpfully taken a screenshot. It was like, look what you missed. Wiley, <laughs> there was Wiley. <laughs> Yes, right, Wiley Herman. Yeah, he. I, and I forget what when I when we were on stage. Was he a East? Was he a Eastender? He may have been a hired uh, yeah, gun. Yeah, he he was. Well, I mean, I don't. I, I was actually never officially an Eastender. I was kind of a hired gun, but um, but he was involved with them, and he was in. He was actually in the first reading of Lady Susan, and I remember he gave me like I had some. It was wondering about one some of the, one of the characterizations, and he gave me a good feedback bit about that so i feel like he he contributed to the script yeah yeah so that's that and his birthday will be wednesday uh shows anything you want to promote i yes. sent you links for there's uh, the central works show bystanders is still available I that's think. right uh kimberly ridgeway's in that or she's directing yeah. it oh, yeah she's yeah, in I mean, it no she's in no, it she's in uh, it okay got they it were on the radio last week with a little clip of it i've it sounds very exciting it's uh, by a local playwright patricia milton um, what else do I have? Oh, uh, today is my birthday, which is the name of the crystal whose birthday was last week. Um, that's, uh, they said they extended through tomorrow. I'm not really sure what it means. Cause it says it's video on demand, but anyway, theatermoo.org, uh, you can get that. And then, um, I put in for mine just because I'm doing them this free student workshop That'll be coming up through the Eugene O'Neill Foundation, uh, March 27th. And then finally, I am directing for the next Monday Night Playground. So March 15th, 7 p.m., I will be directing a piece. And until they actually pick the scripts, I don't know what I'm directing. But yeah. I'm in the pool. Have you, heard of this, have you heard of a group called the Oakland Theater? I think it's the Oakland Theater Project. Oh, crap. I should have put that. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that's Ubuntu. Ubuntu changed their name to Oakland Theater Project. Oh, they were fantastic. I've seen so many incredible productions that they've done. Yeah, and they... Um, Death of a Salesman? Did you see Death of a Salesman? Norman was in that. Oh, no, actually, sorry. <laughs> it's okay, but they're doing. The I, I saw waiting for. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, it's binding ties. They, uh, I guess they. Um, I didn't even know about this, but they've extended their run, so uh, they are running until March the seventh. So I'm not sure when they Great. opened, but they're extending one week only. Shows are sold out through February the 28th, but limited tickets are available March the fourth through the seventh, and we will have a link to the. Um, the um their website so that you can buy uh tickets wow do you, I, I, you guys have anything you want to promote well i wanted to say something funny about the when you were talking about candide i i did that poster and speaking of adaptations i adapted the illustration of it from an 18th century illustration and i it was it's a pretty obscure artist from that period and i can't remember who the name of the person was and i wanted to credit that i adapted the illustration from this other person and it cannot remember that name so if anyone sees that candide poster and recognizes <laughs> that obscure 18th century engraving let me know yeah i'll uh i'll take a snapshot because i'm sure i have it um i've obviously oh, yeah, i have it if you if you just look up that 
Douglas Morrison Theater Candide, my poster shows up. So in Google, so yeah. you can no, that'll be a fun find the picture, but it's just yeah. like where it'll did be a, that come from? It'll be a fun yeah. thing to post on the A to it. see see if uh, people can come up with uh, who who that artist was. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I still have it. All righty, so let me let me get you guys out of here. I hope you guys yeah, enjoyed yourselves. Did you guys enjoy yourselves you today? Wanna... Absolutely, yes. Thank you I, for having I, us. I think we should say what some of Gene's games are that he's designed. Because yes, you can download yes, them. Yes, please. You yes, can please. play them for free. And the uh, it's you download it on your phone or your tablet or whatever. You can play it for free. And where they make the money is if you get stuck on a puzzle and you need to buy a hint. Then right. you have to you know buy a little. Is it on the Apple Store? Is it on the Apple Store? Uh, yes, several of them are on the Apple Store. Um, What's game, it called? One well, one of the games is called Dark Ruins, which is a sort of adventure archaeologist expedition, and then another one is a, a local murder mystery in the Bay Area. I see adventure. Sol- es- I see adventure escape dark ruins. Could that be? Yeah, one? that's it. That's it. Da 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 da. Company is called Haiku. Yeah, the company I work for is Haiku Games. Yeah. Haiku Games, cool. Yeah. All right. So I'll just leave you that one. If you like that, then I can tell you more. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now, we want to promote everything that you guys are doing. So that's fantastic. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed yourselves this, this afternoon. Yeah. Pleasure as always. Thank you so much. Yeah, this <laughs> second time around. Uh, any case, thank you so much, everyone. And thank you for indulging me because it was my idea to have Love in the Theater as the issues of the yay. <laughs> I think it was great. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> and we tried to be as diverse as possible. We had um, uh, the Filipino couple, and we we actually had two Philippine couples. Uh, we had uh, Melvin and Jed, and we had um, Chuck and um, uh, Julie, and we had uh, Corinne and and John, and now we have Christ- Christine and Jean. Uh, any case, um, so we're on YouTube. So be sure to like and subscribe. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like, um, and we will uh, pick up those comments and. And uh, go from there. If you're listening traditionally, uh, we're on all podcast apps. We're on Spotify as well. And uh, you can use the uh, Purple Podcast app to listen. If you're an uh, Android user, you can use the SoundCloud app. Or just go on SoundCloud.com and you can find us. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. I'm at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. How about you, Christine and Jean? Can people find you via social media? Um, yes, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, and my design company, I've, I've try, I keep forgetting. I'm trying to start an Instagram thing going for my design company, but it's pretty – doesn't have much up there right now. I'll have to post something. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we will, we'll, yeah. we'll promote it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds okay. like it's worth putting out. Oh, uh, it's, so it's Uren Christine. I think it's that's it's – so my name is Christine Uren. I think whatever. I think I, I signed up for Instagram and then I forgot. And so I thought the name was taken. So then I reversed it and it turned out, oh, wait, that was me. But by the time I realized <laughs> it, it was too late. Yeah. So um, what am I at? Yeah. So you're Uren, in Christine. Christine Uren, okay. Yeah. That's Twitter. Yes. That's- and the same for Instagram. Okay. And then you Facebook, should... it's Christine Uren. So, yeah. But... You should have your posters. You should post poster pictures of your posters on I'm Instagram. To, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I haven't done that. I just keep forgetting. Yeah. It's How because about... you have to do it from your phone, and I have all my com- graphic stuff on my desktop. 
So that's the that's the hurdle I have to overcome. Is yeah, I know. I've had to go through that as well. well. It's like, geez, can't you have like an Instagram, you know, um, desktop application and that, it just won't do I it. I would have done it already if it was for the, if they had that. So, yeah. How about you, Gene? Uh, how can people find you via social media? Uh, straight up my name, Gene Mochi, G-E-N-E-M-O-C-S-Y, Gene Mochi. If you're looking for any uh, potential directors, producers are looking for a great leading man, Gene is the one for you. <laughs> and Christine, I mean, you know, I'd love to see you back on stage again. And if you're looking for a, uh, a wonderful um, uh, designer, uh, costumer, do you do a lot of costuming still? Uh, you know, I was doing a show at Altarina Right. We were just going to have the first dress rehearsal and that was the shutdown week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so that show is on been postponed, hopefully be able to bring it back. Um, and I, I don't actually think that's a show that would work that well on Zoom. So I, I hope that they'll be able to stage it fully again. It was it was so close. And, yeah. um, and you mentioned Kim Donovan. She was in the cast and yeah, it was a really good cast. So I hope they'll, but it's not over. I hope they'll be back. Um, it's, yeah, another one of those things where it's like, you know, I kind of do it every year, like once a year or something like that. And it, it, it takes, I get really involved. So I have to really work out if I have the schedule to do it at the time because I'll get obsessed. I read, I read so many things about, you know, Mr. Merrick, the elephant man and all that. Like I can't, I can't just show up and and do it i have to like get super involved and i know you are you're an incredible researcher and that would be actually another um hat that that you should have you know as well as a costume designer a, you know a illustrator a writer and an actress you know <laughs> you do it but, all yeah the problem is just when you research stuff it takes 10 times as long but i don't i just i don't feel easy in my mind if i haven't researched it but it's funny to look back at some of the old productions i worked on and go oh i didn't I didn't understand that, you know, Westgates were this length at that time. Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> just... We've all made that mistake with Westgates, though. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. I do all the time. Yeah. All righty. Well, let's close up the yay. Thank you so much. Uh, everyone have a wonderful weekend. It's a beautiful day out there. And uh, if you can get your COVID vaccine shot, please do. But still keep on that mask and let's safe social distance and all that sort of stuff. And as Norman and I always say, we, we gotta got find, find a better sign off. And we are <laughs> out.